starting a whole new sermon series called Deep Work. How many of you know that God does not want a superficial relationship with you? He doesn't want to be a pen pal. He doesn't want to be Facebook friends that you ignore when you see him in Walmart. That's not what he wants. He wants to have a deep relationship with you. And we're going to talk about that over the next couple of weeks. Jeremiah chapter 17. I'm going to just read two verses today, which is different. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. And it does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green. And it is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. Pray Lord that over these next couple of weeks, God, that you'd strengthen us, strengthen us, Lord, our relationship with you. Lord, if people here are just starting a relationship with you, Lord, just show them in the next couple of weeks how close you want to be to them. We pray, Lord, that we'd be stronger because we've been together in your presence. And it's in your mighty name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated. Jeremiah was a prophet in the Old Testament. And he was, he was bringing God's word to God's people at a time where God's people were not faithful to him. And Jeremiah was the man tasked with calling them out, with, with, with prophesying what was coming if they didn't repent. The first 40 some chapters of Jeremiah are not fun chapters. They're, they're prophecies of condemnation and, and Jeremiah is tasked with a very difficult thing to preach to people that don't want to hear it. I know what that's like sometimes. Not second service. (laughs) He preaches to them and inevitably they end up in exile. They end up in judgment anyway, exile in Babylon. And, and so I can't imagine worst case scenario than you, than you working your hardest saying exactly what God has called you to say and people just ignore it. But that was Jeremiah's plight in life. And, and now we get to read And now we have the benefit of of having some distance between us and what happened in seeing that if we don't repent, that judgment does eventually come. God is extremely patient and long-suffering. And we see that through him using Jeremiah to try to convince them to turn. But you don't want to take that for granted. So in verse 17, or chapter 17 of Jeremiah, there's a couple verses where where he... he makes this comparison between, if you read the couple of verses before what we just read, he makes a comparison between trusting in yourself, trusting in man, and trusting in God. How trusting in, in man leads to nothing. It, le- it, it doesn't lead to anything. But then he gets very specific and he said, if you trust in God, if you put your trust in God, you're like a tree planted by the water, planted by the stream. And he says, the, your roots push down deep by the stream and, and in the heat, your leaves stay green. And in the year of drought, you're not anxious. Somebody say amen about that. You're not anxious. And then he goes on to say, you produce fruit in every season, in every season. He said, you don't have to walk through a season of barrenness. 
You can produce fruit in every seed. So I want to talk to you about this because I believe there are some, over the next three or four weeks, we're going to dig in to, to how, to how we strengthen our relationships, how we dig deep roots. And so I want to, I want to talk to you about this scripture. Scripture is going to be the basis for the next three or four weeks. Are you with me? So here's, listen, I don't do this very often because it's corny. But I just did it this time. My, my first point, and, and oftentimes I'm walking through a story, so the points just intertwine. But uh, my first point rhymes. Will you forgive me up front for that? It just rhymes. It's kind of corny. You even said it was corny. Yeah, first service. Thanks. Um, fruit is a result of the root. Listen, John 15 Chapter 15, verses four says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Did you hear that? The branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Jesus talking to the disciples, the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Jeremiah says, man can do nothing alone. Jesus says, man cannot bear fruit. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. You cannot be isolated away from a relationship with God and then bear the fruit that comes from a relationship with God. There is no Walmart with, with preserves already made in heaven. The preserves come from a relationship that is established. Amen. So Jesus is telling the disciples as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do. He didn't even say some things. He didn't even say a little things. He didn't even say you'll make it most of your life. He said, apart from me, it's impossible to live it out. So here's what I know. Apart from Jesus, you can only be kind so much. Apart from Jesus, you can only be faithful for so long. Apart from Jesus, you can only be honest so long. Mm. He's like, I hope he stops now. He's going to get to mine. The fruit, what you see is a result of what's under the ground. That's the problem. We're enamored by, we're, we're, we're living a culture that's enamored by what's above the ground. You know, listen, I do a little bit of woodworking. Um, and, and here's what you find. The most beautiful wood oftentimes is the gnarliest wood. I I follow a guy who takes stumps like root balls that you dig out of the ground, big oak trees, big cherry trees. They dig them out of the ground. He cleans all the rocks off them and then he saws them in slices. And it's the most beautiful wood you could ever see, but nobody ever sees it. Because it's all below the ground and nobody thinks it's worth digging up and cutting up. But it's way more beautiful than the straight wood that grows above. So we live in a culture that's enamored by what we can see. God is enamored by what's underneath. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. We're excited about the way people look and dress. And what what our image looks like, what our Instagram feed looks like, what our Facebook looks like. God is impressed with how deep the roots go. 
So that's why Jeremiah doesn't start out with, if your fruit is good, he doesn't say that. He said, if your roots are good, because the fruit is a result of the, it's still corny. I'm trying. So here's what I believe over the next couple of weeks, what God wants to do. He wants to build a structure in us to carry the weight of what he wants produced through us. He wants to build a structure in us to carry the weight of what he wants to do through us. And there is no way that you can bear much fruit and have a weak root system. The tree falls over. The tree falls over. There's no way you can bear much fruit and have a little trunk. The tree falls over. There's no way you can bear much fruit with a small root system because everything the fruit needs comes from the root system. And so what we are trying to do oftentimes in the American culture is we're trying to live out this life that looks perfect, but our roots are withering. So it's only a matter of time. Mm. It's only a matter of time before something comes along that exposes the weakness. Something comes along that exposes the weakness. And so Jeremiah is saying, listen, if you trust in the Lord, it's like, it's like your roots are going deep down by a stream where there's nutrients and, and they can grow and they can, and the root system can take hold because what's coming requires a deep root. So we have to feed the root first. Fruit is nourished by feeding the roots. So when you, uh, anybody got like do a green thumb thing? When we first moved into our house, like I was passionate about the grass. My son's got a dirt bike now. I don't even care. But when we first moved in, I fertilized the grass all the time. You had to mow it a certain way. Some of you know me a long time. You know, I like stripes. I told my son when he started mowing grass, I said, don't do it like the lazy people that you see that just mow circles around their yard. That is not how you mow grass. You mow grass in lines, straight lines. So when the neighbor looks at your yard, they go, hmm, this man has thought about it. This man takes pride in his yard. You got to mow straight lines. You don't mow circles. Circles are a lazy man's yard. Some of you are like, I ain't coming back next week. You mow straight lines. And I used to tell him, like, look, Carter, you got to mow straight lines. You got to fertilize the grass. You got to do all this stuff. What happens, though, is you realize you fertilize grass before the growing season starts. See, that's where everybody misses it. You fertilize grass before grass starts getting green. And then you fertilize it after it stops getting green. And you got to fertilize it when, it when you're not getting grass. Do you understand that? So the... So you don't wait until harvest season to fertilize the grass. You grow the grass roots before they start growing, before the top starts growing. So the, so the, the pivotal time for grass is actually starting to come up in this early season. You start fertilizing and fertilizing and fertilizing, and then the roots will grow and grow and grow, and then the roots will keep out the weeds. Some, some of you, it sunk in really quick. Other users are like, really? Fertilize in the winter. Never thought about that. It's a spiritual thing. 
You have to understand that harvest season is not the time to throw miracle grow on the deal. When you need the fruit is not the time to think about the roots. That's not the time. It's it's almost too late then because the fruit has already been produced. So whatever you get, you get. But you have to understand when, when is the opportunity? So you, so the opportunity is now, now. So here's what I know about people. When everything is going well, we tend to pray like this. Hey God, thank you for it going well. I pray to keep, I pray you keep this street going for a little while. You know, I mean, everything's going well. My job's good. I got a raise this year. My wife likes me. My kids are listening. Everything's going well. Lord, I'm just asking you, let's not screw it up. That's it. It's just a short prayer. We'll actually pray less because if we th- if we're afraid if we pray more, then God will say, well, you should, you know, now I'm going to really give you some more faith. And you're like, well, I don't want any more faith. I just want more stuff. Yeah, so just, just keep it the way it is, Lord. And I'll throw up a prayer on the way to work. And I'll say, hey, man, Lord, I got the verse of the day and I got the prayer of the day and everything's going fine. Just don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. Do you ever feel like that? You're just waiting on God to mess with it. Can I say to you, that's the opportunity to dig deep. Not when you need the fruit, but before the fruit has even come out on the tree. He said he plants you by the water and you have an opportunity. Now, now let me tell you something about trees and water. The water never goes to the tree. The tree always goes to the water. You've never seen somebody plant a tree by a creek and then the tree and then the creek all of a sudden work its way to the tree. No, if you dug the tree up, the tree always worked itself to the creek. So in the good times... We don't let up in the good times is when we push down. In the good times is when we push down deeper and deeper and deeper. Lord, you have blessed me. And in response to that blessing, I will dig deeper into who you are and your plan for my life. Our our job on this life, our calling in this life is not just to experience his goodness, but to do something with it. It's not just to take it all in and go, man, this is great, which you should do. But realize there's a calling that goes with every blessing, every fruit. And then we have the opportunity to to then disperse all that. So how do we get there? By digging down deep when things are good. When everything is going well. Lord, I'm going to dig down deep today. I'm I'm going to fast Why are you fasting? There's nothing wrong with my life right now, but I'm fasting. I don't think there's anything. Is there anything wrong? Just want to double check that. Maybe I do have a reason to fast. Um, Okay. Everything seems fine. So I should fast anyway. Everything seems fine. I should read my Bible anyway. Everything seems fine. I should pray more anyway. Everything seems fine. I because you've, you, you water the root now. Not when you want fruit. You see, harvesting and planting and harvesting, they don't work immediately. You, you, don't, you don't get to put an apple tree in the ground and then tomorrow come and pick apples off of it. That's not the way it works. The relationship that you need five years from now starts today. 
The fruit that you need next season starts today. The fruit that you don't even realize you're going to need starts today. So you dig the roots down deep. God said, I'll be faithful to plant you by the water. It's your job to shove the roots down. I'll be faithful to plant you by all the nourishment that you need. It's your job to shove the roots down. And let me tell you something. We live in a, in a world, in an age today, that you can Google Scripture and it just pops up. You can ask Siri, and I don't even think Siri's saved. You can ask Siri and just boom, Scripture pops up. There is no reason for us not to know. There's no reason for us not to know. It's at the tips of our fingers everywhere we go. And so I would say this to you. If you don't like reading, listen to it. Get the word of God in you some way, somehow, every day. Listen, read, whatever. Watch it. You can watch it on TV now. It's kind of boring. A guy's sitting there reading the Bible. But they have illustrated Bible shows. Any way you can get it in you, push the roots down deep. While we have the opportunity, because you're going to need the fruit. Amen? So, fruit is the result of the root. You feed the root first. Let me give you an example of this. Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, What did he say? It is written. So let me tell you what I already know happened here. The Bible says that after Jesus was baptized, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. It said he had fasted for 40 days. That was not the Daniel fast. He didn't have a bag of peanuts in his pocket, eating them at at will. He didn't have, he didn't have green beans and, and celery. I told you it was going to be tough. He fasted. He did not eat. 40 days later, I love it that the scripture has to tell us that he was hungry. I'm like, pretty sure we all got that. Pretty sure that was a given. He was God, but he was also 100% human at the same time. And so if he didn't eat, he's going to be hungry just like you and me. So the Bible says that Satan comes to him and tempts him and says, hey, if you're the son of God, command this stone to turn into bread. I'm reading that going, I didn't even know that was a thing. So obviously Jesus was capable of turning the stone into bread. But what was Jesus' response? He did not say, man, I'm going to have to check and see if that's okay for me to do. I'm going to have to have a conversation with the Father, see if that's legal. After a fast, could I, could I actually turn a stone into bread and get away with it? He already knew. He had already watered the root. He had already pushed the root down before the temptation came. And so what he already knew helped him in a season that he needed it. The fruit that was already produced way back then was now evident in his life in the moment. So what happens is Satan says, turn the stone into bread. And Jesus says, nope, it's written already. I've already read it. He didn't, have to, he didn't have to wonder if the Bible said it. He didn't have to wonder if God had said it. He didn't have to wonder if it was right. He already knew. And so what I'm telling you today is there's a, there's a prerequisite that comes with walking through temptation. And it's we got to know. We got to know. And so we go to scripture. That's why connect groups are so important. Hello? 
That's why connect groups are so important. Because if I don't know, what do they used to say? If you don't know, you better ask somebody. You can be in communities of people where you may not know, but somebody else does. And we can have those conversations. We can strengthen each other. We can fertilize each other. We can say, hey, man, hey, man, this is the way, this is God's expectation on our life. This is the way he handles us. This is, this is how he loves us. And this is how he, he walks us through things. This is how he supports us. And this is how he encourages us. And this is how we be faithful. And this is, this is how we're kind. And this is how we're, we keep our joy. This is how all this stuff happens. And you can walk together in life with people. And all of a sudden, when you need the fruit, you already know. Because you watered before you needed it. Don't you wish you could go back to when you were a teenager? Ooh, if I only knew then what I know now. You know what? I don't want to get to the end of my life and keep saying that. I don't want to get, I want to know. God gives us the ability to know what we need to know when we need to know it. Amen. And he says, come on, just drive the roots down deep towards the water. And when you need the fruit, it'll be there. When you need the fruit, it'll be there. Feed the root first. Jesus already knew the scripture. All right, there's two things here that I want to point out. He says, I'm going to plant you by the stream. The roots will go down deep. And when the heat comes, the leaves will still be green. I was thinking about this. How many seasons do we have? In the, we're in the mid-Atlantic, mid-Atlantic region. How many seasons do we have here? We have four seasons. Help me out. We're in... We're in Winter, which we've had a mild winter. Somebody thank God for that. That's beautiful. Yes, you people that like snow, we'll, have, we'll pray for you later and cast the demons out of you. Um, <laughs> snow is not good. Snow is awful. Snow is bad. Snow is the enemy. So we've had a very mild winter, which I'm super thankful to God for. Okay, we have winter and then we have what? Spring. spring. So you guys know. this. Is awesome. We have spring and then we have what? We have summer and then we have fall and it's a cyclical thing where it happens over and over and over and in the mid-atlantic region and since the ice age probably we've been having four seasons how many of you are, are like older generations here would say we've had four seasons since you've been alive raise your hand you remember that way back you're like way back four seasons it's crazy right so here's what happens inevitably what happens is every year I have conversations with people in the, in the summertime, get around August. We have the potential to break a hundred degrees here in August. True. We have potential to break a hundred degrees here in August with like 98% humidity. Is that true? What is fascinating to me is everybody's caught off guard every single year. They're like, can you believe it's this hot? And I'm going, it was like this hot a year ago. And a year before that, and a year before that, and a, and a thousand years before, it was a, like, where have you been? Were you not here last summer? They're like, it's, uh, I can't believe it's this, it's a hundred, it was a hundred degrees last summer. And then we'll get into the winter time and the same people will go, it's 14 degrees out. It's winter. Just saying. I know you got a coat because I saw you in it last year. I know your car has heat because I saw you in it last year. I know your house has heat because I saw you last year with the same temperature. Why are we surprised? It's like every year you get rid of your air condition and heat. 
And you're like, oh, I didn't realize it was going to be this hot. I thought we had moved to San Diego or something. No, you're in the mid-Atlantic region. It's going to be a hundred and zero every year. It's just what, it's just life, right? You need fruit for the expected things that are going to happen. He says, when the heat comes, the heat comes every year. When the heat comes, your leaves will stay green. You know what I found out? I found out this. In life, there are problems. Just put a period right there. If you have relationships, guess what comes with relationships? Problems. If you're married, guess what comes with marriage? Now, I know you guys stood at the altar and with tears streaming down your face, you made a commitment to the rest of your life till death do us part. And the preacher did what he did. And, and, and maybe it just felt like nothing could go wrong. This was amazing. It meant to be. We've been high school sweethearts. And it was so amazing. And just look at the love in his eyes. He's staring right at me. It's unbelievable. And then three weeks later, you wake up and go, what? (laughs) The problem is you never talked to anybody that was really married. Because they would tell you, you're marrying a problem. He may be 6'3", blue eyes, bunch of muscles, nice, wonderful, great job. He's a problem. <laughs> and if he's 6'3", with muscles, he's a bigger problem. She may be the only thing you've ever thought about. She's a problem. If you put two people together, guess what you're going to get? Sooner or later, you're going to get a problem. Anyone dating in here? Just, I mean, keep dating. You don't have to give up yet. <laughs> I just want you to go into this with the expectation that it isn't always going to be roses. It's not always going to be great. Every great relationship also includes periods of problems. Amen? That's how you know you love each other. Any, anybody have kids? From the beginning. <laughs> Problems. If you don't have kids yet, you still got time. Kids are a joy. Beth and I are in a season where we're watching our kids flourish and, and grow up and become adults and go off and do amazing things. And we're so excited about it, so happy about it. But we remember there was Problems. I remember the first time my kid lied to me. She was like three, four years old. I thought, I've told some of you the story before. I thought, how'd the devil get in you this early? She hit a, like a doll from her sister under the couch. And her, it was her sister's doll. And their sister was looking for it. And she bold-faced lied to me, looked me in the eye and said, I don't know where it is. I turned around, turned back around. She had her arm up under the couch, grabbing the doll that she had hid. I thought, the devil is in you. (laughs) Problems. If you have a job, what's going to come with the job eventually? Problems. If you have relationships, 
You're going to have problems. If you have, if you have kids, you're going to have problems. If you've got marriage, you're going to have problems. If you, if you live on the earth today, at some point in time in your life, you're going to have the problems that everybody else has. He said, when the normal heat comes, your leaves will stay green. You know what I don't want to be surprised by anymore? Normal. I don't want to flip out over normal. I don't want to flip out over the expected. I don't want to flip out over getting hot every summer and cold every winter. I don't want to lose my salvation. I don't want to, I don't want to have, a, have a, a, a spiritual crisis every time something normal happens. But if the roots aren't good, that's exactly what will happen. And we see it over and over again. When normal happens and your roots aren't deep enough, normal will throw you off guard. Normal will knock the tree down. But he says, listen, when the heat comes, which is normal, it won't affect you. So he said, when normal life that we should expect to happen, happens, fruit should still be good. Amen? So guess what? If you drive on the interstate, pet peeve, it should not. You should still bear fruit. You should still be patient. And kind and loving, not because it's normal to get run off the interstate now. Am I right? If you drive on the interstate around here, it's normal. You have to have strength for the expected. We don't have to fear when things come and we can flourish in the middle of life, the expected part of life. Now, here's the second part of this. He says, when the heat comes, your leaves will stay green. But then he says, in the year of drought, you won't be anxious. So you have the expected. But how many of you know in life there are seasons of unexpected? When the rug literally gets pulled out from under you and you're the only one walking through it. And we're not talking about traffic anymore. And we're not talking about regular marriage problems. We're not talking about regular kid problems. We're not talking about regular job problems. We're talking about, we're talking about when the calamity hits. We're talking about when the unexpected of the unexpected happens. He says, in the year of drought, you weren't looking for it. You, you weren't doing anything to cause it. You, weren't, you, you, you were being faithful and just the carpet was yanked out from under you. The Bible says that Job had amassed a massive amount of wealth and had a ton of kids. And within the span of minutes, it all went away. It said when one servant would come in and tell him all his kids were dead, another one, before he got done talking, would come in and tell him he lost another thing. And before he got done talking, another one would come in and tell him he lost another thing. To the point where his wife said, you should just curse God and die. And Job, because he had planted roots deep, said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There were moments in my life where I had to say that. But if your roots aren't deep in the unexpected, his words will never come out of your lips. Job understood that in the unexpected time, God could still produce fruit in his life. Job understood that in the unexpected time, we could still, we didn't have to be anxious. Job understood that in the unexpected time, and some of you understand it in here today, that in the unexpected time, if your roots are deep enough, the drought doesn't affect you. 
If your roots are deep enough, if you've gotten close enough to the water, that in the unexpected time you can stand up and still be kind. With the last bit of strength you have, you can still, you can still be patient with people. It's an unbelievable thing God can do through us. So in the expected and in the unexpected, he said, you can still produce fruit. Over and over and over again, you can still produce fruit. Fruit in every season. Fruit in every season. Look at your neighbor and say every season. Fruit in every season. So seasons of the expected, seasons of the unexpected. You can still produce fruit. It doesn't cease. You don't have to have a drought in your fruit production. You don't have to have a, a barren season. You don't, if the roots are deep enough, we can be a, a people who produce fruit all the time. So let's define what that is. Galatians chapter five, verse 16. Paul is going to tell the Galatians, this is what the fruit of the spirit looks like. But before that, he's going to tell them, this is what the flesh produces in contrast to the fruit of the spirit. So here's how he says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for there. These are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, if you trust in the Lord, Jeremiah says, if you're led by the spirit, You are not under the law, but the works of the flesh are evident. He's saying everybody knows what the flesh produces. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, and divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warned you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit. He says, when you push the roots down deep, when the, when you're planted by the water and you push towards the water and you grow a root system, this is the fruit that comes from when you, when you're connected to the vine, as Jesus would say, when you are connected, when you're not, when you're not off on your own, when you're not trusting in yourself, when you're not producing what the flesh produces, when you're hooked to Jesus, when you're hooked in a relationship to him that is dug deep into the ground, watch what happens. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't know about you, but we could have used more of all that. When your kid flips out, expectedly, I need more patience. When we're going to a show last night in Hagerstown and we pull into the parking garage only to wait behind a person that can't figure out how to push the stupid button and get a ticket out. When you're in Walmart at self-checkout, the expected. God, give us patience for the expected. 
Give us kindness for the expected. Give us joy. Help us have a smile on our face when we, when, when life just happens. Help us to keep a smile on our face. Help us to love people during the expected. Help us to be gentle when the expected happens. When our kids go sideways, help us to be gentle. When our spouses go sideways, help us to be gentle. When, our, when people at work go sideways, help us to be gentle. But God in the unexpected, help us to be gentle. When the, when the rug is pulled out from under us and all hell breaks loose, help us to be, have self-control. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be, to be good and kind and peaceful and patient and joyous. Help us to show love. When, when, there's, when everybody else would give up. Lord, I pray that our roots are deep enough that the fruit still comes out. When everybody else would quit, Lord, help them to see the fruit flourishing on the tree. Help them to just not understand how you can have so much peace in the middle of chaos, in the middle of the unexpected. God, help me to show people love. That's what he wants to do through us. So remember what I told you earlier, the band's going to come up. Remember what I told you earlier, that God wants to build the structure to carry what he wants to do through us. He wants to build the structure in us to carry the weight of what he wants to do through us. I'll tell you this one last little illustration. How many of you have Bradford pear trees in your, in your yard? Anybody else have Bradford pear trees? Good, there's not many. They're worthless. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Worthless. We planted 17 years ago. We've lived in our house 17 years. We, uh, we planted three Bradford pear trees in our front yard because obviously everybody wants a fast-growing, flowering tree because you want to be the cool people in the neighborhood that have a flowering tree in your front yard. Nobody tell me they smell like death every spring. <laughs> smell like death. You know you can't trust a tree with a flower that smells like death. Every, every time, every spring I pull in the yard, I'm like, oh my goodness, these things stink. You know what the other bad thing about them? The structure isn't there to carry the weight of what's on top. So when the wind blows, which it does, where I live, it blows hard. Comes right down off the mountain, there's nothing to block it, and it hits those Bradford pear trees right in the side. And every windstorm, we walk out and we go, they made it, one more windstorm. Our neighbors, they're all gone. Blew them all over. The last thing I want is a church that when the wind blows, the community can't count on us. The last thing I want to see is a group of people that gather together every Sunday morning and claim to do what we want to do the will of God. We want to be better. We want to, we want to impact the community and the wind blows, which is expected. And they can't count on us. They're not sure if we're going to be patient, loving and kind. Forget about the unexpected. I believe God wants to build a structure in us to carry the weight of what he wants to do through us. And it all has to do with our community. It all has to do with the surrounding. It all has to do with far and wide pushing this gospel out. And the way we do it is that when the wind blows, they see us not shaking. When the, when the, when the calamity comes, they see us standing strong. When all hell breaks loose, they see fruit being produced. How do you do that, man? I dug down deep 
when I had the opportunity. When I had the opportunity to fast, I fasted. When I had the opportunity to pray, I prayed. Because you know what? I believe, I believe there are times in your life the Bible tells us where you won't even know what to pray. I want to be prayed up before I get to that spot. I want the root to be down so when it gets so bad that I've already prayed enough to sustain. Amen? I don't want to wait until all hell breaks loose to figure out who God is. I want to know him before it happens. So our community can can have faith in a group of people. They say, you know what? They're crazy. They go to church every Sunday morning, but they're unshakable. They're always kind. They're always loving. They're always patient. How's that happen? I got this relationship with a guy named Jesus. We've been hanging out together a lot. And this is the result of it. So can I challenge you today to dig down a little bit? Maybe your life is going swell. Maybe everything's going well for you. Do you dig down a little bit in the next couple weeks, the next three weeks? Maybe stop eating meat. Maybe stop drinking coffee, whatever. Maybe get your Bible app out. Start reading every day. Maybe take, maybe start out five minutes. Maybe start out 10 minutes praying. Maybe, maybe just start out and say, Lord, I'm just starting, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to push this thing down the ground a little bit. I'm going to try to get these roots down towards the water. Because I know the wind's going to blow one day. I know the storm's coming. I, I know something crazy could happen, but I want to be ready. I want to be solid when this happens. And he promises that you'll bear fruit every season. Your, your leaves will not wither. They'll not, turn, they'll not turn brown. They'll stay green. And you can bear fruit in every season. Just dig down. Can we do that together? Why don't you stand this morning? I want to pray that over you. Father, we thank you so much. God, you've been so good to us. We're living in their blessing, Lord. But we have to push down to a deeper relationship with you. We have to push down to a deeper meaning with you, Lord. And God, we want to be a people that can bear fruit in every season. We want to be a people that no matter what comes our way, Lord, that faithfulness and kindness and love is just joy is just who we are. So we ask you to help us. We want to push down over the next, next couple weeks, God, know you more. Have a deeper relationship with you. And we pray that you just feed us, Lord. We pray that you feed us like Jesus said. That we don't live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We pray, Lord, give us what we need to know, Lord. Give us what we need right now. So that we can bear fruit in every season. We thank you for it. We give you honor and praise because of it. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, church, give him praise one more time. He's good, amen. Amen. Encourage somebody as you leave. We'll see you back here next week.